1: Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, helping you take back your life from unwanted sexual behavior and betrayal trauma. Hello, hello. I am your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 265 of the Pure Desire Podcast. You're joining me as always is my co-host, Nick Stumbo.
2: Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't be prudent. (laughs) Oh, gosh.
1: You know, there are some intros you do where I'm just like, man, I should know this. And honestly, I'm ashamed that I don't know this, but I'll admit it here in a safe place. I don't know. What is that?
2: Well, it's probably good because it means that you were not watching Saturday Night Live as like a two-year-old, which would would not have been an appropriate show for your parents to put you in front of because that was uh, Dana Carvey. So Uh, I was impersonating Dana Carvey, who was impersonating George H.W. Bush Yes, about something. I don't know if he actually said that or not, but uh, that was... Repeated a lot in my teenage years by kids who would quote Dana Carvey quoting George H.W. Bush and wouldn't that's, do it, wouldn't be prudent.
1: You and you came up with that one, that's not a listener one,
2: no, that yeah, that's just from my
1: that's good, that's pulling, a, pulling
2: that out of the background yeah, there, yeah,
1: that's a that's a good one. I like that one, that's a deep cut right there. Um, all right, so Nick, you and I we met with, and it was the first time that we had met her, Marilyn Vansel, and she is a life coach, a spiritual director, an Enneagram expert, and an author. And she's written uh, one book so far and another that's coming out, but the one that we really talked about most today was Self to Lose, Self to Find. And we really just talked to her about how do we find our true self, who God has actually made us to be.
2: Yeah, I think a really valuable conversation. And for those that are fans of the Enneagram, you know, they'll, they'll love this. For those that are less acquainted, we hope it it's a tool that you might consider using to just understand how you're wired and and i think what comes out of this episode is just helping us see that that there are some things that are authentically us that that are unique from other people but there's a lot of that adaptive self that's mm-hmm. i think the concept she comes back to a lot that's this good. this adaptive self the ways we've learned to navigate life and conflict and that's you know the the connection to george w h w bush you know i was thinking about how he um was president in a season of our country where there was lots of conflict and i think he got Um, criticized a lot because he was just a pretty normal, authentic guy and would make statements just about uh, life and politics that he, he wasn't as put on Mm -hmm. as I think some other politicians have been. And so it was easy to make fun of him. And I, I think as we look at our life, it's just asking, how do I be authentic and not be that put on self? Because sometimes the way we respond to conflict, we are trying to be something we're not. Mm -hmm. Um, And the more we perpetuate that, we're not going to be healthy. And so I think today's conversation is just an encouragement of uh, be who you are. And whether you use the Enneagram to get into that or some other way of understanding yourself, we're fine with it. But the heart of it is, let's come to the heart of who we really are and be okay with it. And even if other people like Dana Carvey make fun of us for it, (laughs) it's okay to be who we are and trust that God will really meet us in that place. And Dana, if you're
1: listening to this, you can make fun of us at any time. That just please, you're a legend. Um, this is a really, really good episode. I really like her approach. Um, she's obviously a great uh, a great human being and is is really passionate about this, and I love her integration with spiritual direction and formation. Before we get into it, though, we've got a couple of things to talk about, and by a couple I mean four. First, uh, Nick, we just want people to know, next month, coming, September 16 and 17, is the Pure Desire Summit, and we are going all in. Why don't we tell people about the summit? Why should they come? Who's coming? Tell people about the event.
2: Yeah, I mean, just to summarize uh, an amazing weekend in a minute here on the podcast, yeah. it's hard to do, Trevor. They yes. can go to the website and see that uh, Jay Stringer speaking, Julie Slattery, mm. myself, and really all around this theme that recovery happens best when we're all in because yep. we're we're able to embrace the life change that needs to happen, that it's not just stopping a behavior, it's a new way of doing life. And we think a new way of doing life is having a, a new community, a yeah. new uh group around you that's encouraging you and keeping you focused and on point point. and to me that's what the summit is all about is kind of that annual mm-hmm. summit that high point of yeah. okay this is why i'm doing it this is what it's about and whether we're a group member in our first group ever or we're a group leader or a pastor that's been doing this for a lot of years i think having those high point perspectives that remind us this is what it's about that's why we do it so gather with us whether online or in person I know you'll be encouraged. Mm-hmm. I think it'll provide new perspective for a new season. Yep. Um, and if you're a couple, that's another thing I've seen happen at the summit so well is many of us have done recovery you know, in our groups yep. separately, yep. but the summit is a place we come and we hear some of the same things together and I think can provide real strength and coupleship of how do we move forward yeah. as spouses um, in this journey of recovery.
1: Yeah. So if you want more information or you want to register, go to puredesire.org slash summit 22. That's the word summit number two, two. All right, subscribe to the podcast. That's another thing. I know I say it every week, but this is a way that it makes sure it hits your inbox every single week when it comes out every Tuesday. Subscribe to the podcast. Write us a review as well if you can. It really helps other people find the podcast. You can follow us on social media, at Pure Desire PDMI on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. And you can also follow, uh, we have these full episodes up on YouTube. Just search Pure Desire Ministries. All right, here's our conversation with Marilyn Vansel on finding your true self. All right, Marilyn Vansel, it is an honor and a privilege to have you with us. Welcome to the Pure Desire podcast.
3: Well, it's my honor to be here. Thanks for the invitation to be with you, find out more about what you're doing and the work that you're doing and also share what I'm doing. Absolutely. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we, uh, I mean, we have some connection here. Nick, why don't you talk about the connection a little bit, how we got connected with Marilyn. (laughs)
2: Uh, that was not on our list here. And I'm just trying to think what would make sense to our listeners. We have a mutual friend who was a mentor of mine and um, helped me walk through a lot of just personal growth using Mm -hmm. some of the Enneagram. And we had reached out to him about, hey, would you do a podcast? And he's like, well, if you're going to have a podcast on the Enneagram, you should just really have my friend Marilyn, because she's way better at understanding it and speaking about it. And so he made the connection and now here we are. Yeah. So
1: we we, some of our listeners are going to be familiar. I mean, Nick, you and I have had conversations on the podcast where we, you know, talked about our numbers and how the Enneagram has been helpful for us. We've also had Jeff and Beth McCord on with the two-parter to kind of talk through really all the numbers and how they relate to the recovery and healing journey. Um, But Marilyn, you, I'm excited to get into it because it looks like you are working with the Enneagram and really spiritual formation, finding, you know, We have your book right here, Self to Lose, Self to Find, using the Enneagram to uncover your true God-gifted self. So um, the Enneagram will be somewhat familiar to some of our listeners, but you and your work overall might be new to some of them. So could you give us some background on yourself and your work and resources you've been a part of producing?
3: Yeah, thank you. I was in my late 30s, which is a while ago, <laughs> um i w- we were in the midst of raising our four children. I was my first career was a stay-at-home mom, but I was really lost in that mm. shuffle with my you know our four kids, and my husband was very involved in his work. And I just, you know, I didn't know who I was, but it was I didn't know why I was struggling mm. so much and feeling resentful and you know, explosions of anger and you know, all kinds of things that I didn't, you know, really want to be expressing, but I was, Mm -hmm. it was coming from somewhere and we were introduced to the Enneagram through a series of cassette tapes. So that really (laughs) dates us. And (laughs) if anybody even knows what that, if anybody even knows what those are, but I was um, immediately so relieved to understand myself and go, Oh, that's why I'm, um, you know, That's where that anger is coming from. That's Mm -hmm. where that impatience is coming from. That's where that resentment is coming from and identify with the type nine.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: So resignation and resentment and this kind of underlying, um, struggle to think that I mattered Mm -hmm. was, you know, what was kind of eating away at me. And so to have some words, to have a handle, to have some way that, you know, it was such a relief, it was such a comfort and Mm -hmm. my husband was introduced you know, at the same time, and for him, it was more like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> this is." Uh, he could see those. You know, and it's, so everyone can have a different reaction to mm-hmm. their exposure, their understanding of themselves. And for both of us, it's just been a long journey of of understanding our types. And for me personally. So all those years of raising my children, um, I thought, oh, I would love to teach this someday. It's so mm. good. It's so helpful. And um, so it just began a journey. And when our youngest was about to graduate from high school, I thought, you know, what am I going to do now um, with my life? And the Lord just led me to pursue being trained in the Enneagram. I went to a lot of different trainings. Mm. I became a life coach. Um at that time. And then on my own personal spiritual journey was led to a spiritual director. And I realized, wow, that really is more a fit for me than like coaching, even though I like that too. Um, and incorporating the Enneagram in that work. So then God out of nowhere led me to write a book. That is not something I ever anticipated doing. And here I have another one coming out in October called Beyond the Enneagram. And so that's pretty amazing to me that here I am doing this work at this time in my life, and I'm so grateful for it.
1: Yeah, I think for us, you know, Nick and I both, the Enneagram, well, to speak more to my story when I was first introduced, it really did give me language. It helped me understand myself better. And, you know, a, a pretty big name in the Enneagram world right now, Ian Morgan Cron, he said it right. this way that you're, when you learn your type, you find that you stop stubbing your toe on your personality. You finding, you know, Uh, it's not putting you in a box, it's helping you get out of the box or not have to live inside of it. And so I know for me, Mm -hmm. and I know we've had conversations, Nick, you and I about it, just how it helps give us um, health and unhealth. It gives us direction. It helps us understand ourselves better. And as you know, on the road to recovery and healing, that's so important. Anything you can do for more
2: self-awareness, knowing why
1: I do what I do and what motivates my behavior can always be super beneficial.
3: Right. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's the word that comes to mind for me is self-awareness. That in the journey of recovery, mm-hmm. so many of us were unaware of why we were doing what we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. What were the emotions that were driving us? What were the fears, anxieties and concerns that dominated our life? We we were aware of the behaviors, we were aware of the outcomes, but that healing and recovery so often involves a self-awareness of what's what's driving my life. And I think the Enneagram, like we've tried to be careful to say it it, it does not define us, but it helps us understand how we've been wired, how we've been created, and how uh, living in a fallen world has impacted us, our family of origin, because all those things together have created mm-hmm. a sense of self. Yeah. And we all want to bring that sense of self to God and understand mm-hmm. how he's made us to be. And yet, even as we do that, you know, if you think about it, if every single one of us were living in a perfect understanding of who God has made us to be, we would all still be very different yeah. that, that being perfected in Christ wouldn't yeah. make us all in the same. It would actually make us all more uniquely mm. who God wired us to be. And I think the Enneagram is just one of the many tools that we've been able to use to come to a clear understanding of I'm, I'm wired this way. And, and then what are the ways that, that maybe sin or Satan have tried to pull me away from how God wired me? And what does it look like to live out in health and in freedom, God's wiring. And so that's, that's kind of, I know, a big part of what you train on, Marilyn, in your book. You call it the adapted self, or we have the, uh, the authentic self. And so talk to us a little bit about that. Like, what is our mm-hmm. authentic self? What is the adapted self? And how could we learn to recognize the difference between those two?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, thank you, Nick. That, I, you, know, you threw out some words there that are so important, and it's freedom. Mm-hmm. And also that the Enneagram doesn't define us, but it does describe a pattern. Mm-hmm. It's a way of just understanding a pattern that we're in. And and so it's so helpful that way. So the adapted self, authentic self. Um, I use that, you know, quite a bit in my book and in my work. Um, The uh, authentic self, similar to what you said, Nick, is we're created in God's image. We are created to experience and express. Hmm. And I think we're all wired to have a, you know, just some of those stellar Qualities that are a reflection of God's image, and when we live in those, where there's a sense of freedom and peace and hope, Mm -hmm. and all of those, you know, qualities that um, we all long to experience, and that Jesus came to help us experience, you know, to show us the way to Mm -hmm. experience that. But our adapted self, um, I really, when I was writing the book, um, I just I read a lot on false self, true self, yeah, and the false self. Language just didn't resonate with me because it felt like it was true. There was a truth to it, so it's false, like it's just a, an illusion. It just that word, the that deli- true self, false self, just didn't resonate with me. And I started thinking, well, it's really the adapted self mm. because when we're born into this world, we have to figure out how to survive. But we have to adapt. When we're born into this world, we're free, we're expansive, we're open. Mm-hmm. There's, you know. We see that in the newborn baby, mm-hmm. how, you know, they're so you know, ready to learn and grow. And that's the part of their survival. But we have pretty soon in life, we figure out, oh, that doesn't work. Yeah. And that works. Or that's a withholding of love. When mm-hmm. I do that, mm-hmm. or when I do that, I get love or how, what makes me help me stay safe or mm-hmm. what gives me control. And so we adapt to the environment that we're in, whatever it is, positive or negative. We adapt and we create this persona mm. that's really our self-protection
4: mm-hmm.
3: our self-survival. It's a strategy yep. to navigate this world that we're thrown into and that we're a part of. And so it's an important part of our human development. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, that we're just sinful. We have to be human, and we have to figure out this the world we live in, Mm -hmm. and then all of that becomes our ego, becomes our persona, becomes our adapted self. And we it I I use the illustration in my book. It's like a seed coat around a seed, and if you think about a seed, it has this hard covering over the outside until the seed, which is really on the inside and the the place where there's going to be growth and fruitfulness, will Mm. grow from that seed. But at a you know the seed It has a hard shell and we have to have that for a while just get along with that then that seed coat in transformation really the movement to to live more as our authentic self Mm -hmm. is letting go of all that seed coat that is there and so that journey is Mm -hmm. really paying attention to what what's my strategy or how am i striving to make myself somebody and so um that's what You know, you asked about the adapted self, authentic self, the growth from the adapted self to the authentic self really to me is spiritual transformation.
2: Totally. Yeah. And a lot of our listeners will be familiar with this concept, like if they've gone through the seven pillars of freedom for men, where a lot of listeners Mm -hmm. have used the Genesis process. And in both of those workbooks, there's some lessons that invite you to look at what are the masks that I've worn, whether it's an entertainer, a a performer, class clown, Mm -hmm. the victim. the the just ways I've learned to kind of make it work. And I I think that's one of the important takeaways of those lessons is not to beat ourselves up or shame ourselves over this adaptive self or this mask, Mm -hmm. but to recognize why did it work? Why why did I learn that this was a way to either avoid pain or navigate life or get, you know, get a feeling of love or respect or appreciation. And then to me, the Enneagram helps kind of define why certain masks were so important to us. We see why like, Oh, that, that's why right. I'm a performer. That's why I'm driven to do that. And rather than, again, shame ourselves over it, it's looking at why it worked and how we can, can grow and mature that we could take off the mask. We could mm-hmm. shed the seed coat and say, I don't, I don't need that to receive these things because I'm learning to live out of a more true and authentic place. And so just to, to make that connection for a lot of our listeners, yeah. I think masks, yeah. false self, how we define it is maybe less important than recognizing these things worked for me. Yep. And, and how instead, in a healthy exactly. way, can yeah. I find these things?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that, getting down to below the surface of why mm-hmm. was that important to me? Why did it work for me? Yep. And often it's really identifying what is the false narrative that I've believed that um, led me to this, you know, the lies, the, yep. uh, the deceptions, that this, this mm-hmm. felt like it worked, and it kind of did work. And then it stops working after yeah. a while, and it really turns around and and does the opposite of what you yeah. hoped it would. Is yep. does it actually take you
4: out?
1: Yeah, and we know that. that we know that in the recovery world too that we use our unwanted sexual behaviors, the things that are actually damaging our life. We use those as ways to protect ourselves. That is a part of our adapted self. They're ways mm-hmm. to numb out the pain mm-hmm. we've experienced or the trauma we experienced in our childhood, our family of origin, and so. That's what I love personally so much about the Enneagram is it puts a lot of language to what we already experience. And mm. now I don't think it's like a, there's no like perfect connection between, you know, two systems or two approaches, but I do see tons of overlap with how the Enneagram helps us understand ourselves and the ways that we've, I love the word you use, like protect, because that's really what it is. My addiction protected Hi. me. My adapted self protects me from the pain that maybe I once experienced and don't want to mm-hmm. again. So I love that overlap. Um, but Marilyn, as we kind of continue in, how does you know, in your work and your experience maybe even talk through how you discuss it in your books, how does the enneagram help us understand ourselves and what steps we need to take to get out of that adapted self and more into the authentic self?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I know that this is you know a lot of what probably what you do and what you encourage your people that follow you to do um that are in recovery and healing is really, so, it's so, so important to pay attention to yourself, mm-hmm. to know where your focus of attention is. That's a big piece of Enneagram learning is the focus of attention, because that we have agency over. We can say, oh, wow, I'm really focused on getting this or doing this, and you know each uh, Enneagram type has a certain pattern of focus of attention. And then when we can identify that, we can shift our focus of attention, really quite easily if we know that that's what we're doing um and so that's you know to encourage i always say you've got to pause Mm. you have to pause step back not react but take a take a breath and pause and go what's going on inside of me what's where's my focus what's happening what why what am i believing here what am i tempted to do and why um So that is really a key to Mm -hmm. moving from that, just the, uh, you know, the adaptive self is reactive. Mm. It's just acting out of reactivity and to become a more receptive, responsive person Mm. is really the growth toward um, freedom, towards groundedness, towards, you know, living a more centered life and more, you know, being able to live in that kind of freedom. So um, the other thing I was thinking about just this morning when I was preparing is, and I, actually, i have never thought about this be- before in this context, but I was thinking about what is, is how, what we think about, you know, our minds are just the trap, you know, where we get, you know, a lot goes on. And I was realizing in Philippians four, uh, Paul talks about, think on these things, mm-hmm. think on what is pure and lovely and worthy. And I thought that's, really thinking about our authentic self, thinking about what is pure, what is lovely about how God made me. It's not just out there, lovely, pure, wonderful, worthy of praise thing, but what's lovely and pure and worthy of praise mm-hmm. and admirable in me that how God created me and yeah. to focus our attention on that. Well, that's a big shift from, Oh, mm-hmm. the false. Oh, I'm this, and I'm that, and I fail i then, you know, all the mm-hmm. self judgment that we pour on ourselves and to sh- be able to shift our focus of attention to how God made us and what's really good about our good about how He made us
4: mm-hmm.
3: and how we live, how we can live that out. So that was a, you know, an interesting thing to
4: look mm, at. That's with, cool
3: for me this morning. Yeah. Just today, like, aha. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I think for me, I identify as a seven. And that, um, I remember when I first identified, I was just like, oh no, (laughs) like this makes way too much sense. And there's a lot of negatives here. And, you know, but one of the things that has helped me, and it's funny, I've told this story before that, uh, when I was a pastor, I could never remember people's names. I could never, Mm. like I would meet somebody and be like, I've seen you before. I know you've gone to my church for a couple of years. I still don't know your name. And I would feel honestly so much shame. Like, I just, I'm a terrible Mm -hmm. pastor. I'm a terrible person. But what I learned about a seven is that my brain is on hyperdrive all the time. I'm always living in the future, thinking about Mm -hmm. the next thing. And I'm always jumping from one thing to the next and one thing to the next. And so I was like, oh, I naturally have a scatterbrain unless I'm able to hone it in. And so for me, in a very simple way, and no one knew that, you know, at the time, but that helped me diminish tons of shame. Okay. Okay. I, I'm not going to be the person who remembers everyone's information. Like that's my wife. She's a six. She just remembers everything and keeps this Rolodex of info. I don't know how she does it, but for me, I can live in more to the, I'm the spontaneous, joyful, creative, fun person that I can just be who I am and not have to worry about all the things that I think I should be quote unquote. Mm. So that for me is how the Enneagram has helped maybe shift my, my perspective of myself to your point. Like, what are the things that God has made into me to be who I am and what I bring to the community I'm in, rather than what are the things I might think I'm lacking?
3: Mm, yeah, that, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Trevor. Yeah, yeah. And it's that um, accepting the mm-hmm. the high qualities that God, how God is wired us. this. And when we don't accept ourselves, when we're always negative and have that false narrative, you know, and the messages that we've heard. From other people, those things that have been laid on us, when we're living in that, we, you know, we're really in bondage
4: mm-hmm.
3: and stuck in that false narrative. And so to move away from that is really a, a key hmm. to shift our attention to what's positive about us. Yeah. How God's made us.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: more than ever before that sense of who we should be, I think is in front of us, whether social media, yep. just you know, on smartphones, oh, wow, we see yeah. the life we feel like we're supposed to be living. And whatever that is, you know, whether we're per- more performance driven and we think we should be more successful, mm-hmm. or we're a stay-at-home mm-hmm. mom or a parent and we feel like we should be better with our kids, or doing more crafts, and we see all these, you know, crafty moms <laughs> on uh, Instagram. It's like, and how and, yeah, are right. they doing yeah. all that? Yeah. And I barely have time to get my kids dressed and like get them a bowl of cereal. And so we just should, you know, Brendan. Brendan Manning called it: we should on ourselves. I should do this. I should do that. Mm-hmm, I should yeah. do this and it becomes a way of perpetuating i think that adaptive self or that sense of who i should be rather than mm. being able to pause and and again going back to what we do with recovery being able to accept our limits being able to accept what right. we're not being able to accept the things that we don't have time for so yeah. that we can appreciate what we we are called to and we do have time for and and finding contentment with that rather than living in the anxiety of all the things that i should be and so Uh, Marilyn, can you give some examples? You know, you talked about the need when we're recognizing we're kind of living in that adaptive self and we're trying to be something, you know, that we're not, you said we need to just shift our focus. We need to change that perspective. Can you give some examples of what that might look like to come back to living out of our authentic self and connect it to the Enneagram? Mm -hmm. Like how can knowing our Enneagram number Help us to make that shift of coming into, well, this is who I really am. How do we make that shift and
4: and connect Mm -hmm. to our number?
3: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Yeah, well, in my book, I spell out, you know, I talk about the wow qualities of each type, the way God has wired us. And so I think becoming so often the Enneagram is seen as, oh, it's so negative. Mm. And it it has that negative side because our fault, you know, our adapted self is being exposed, um, but to really um pay attention to the wow qualities, the so I'll just use an example for me. Um I identify with type nine as I said, so I'm peaceful. I want harmony. I want everyone to be connected and have that oneness. And so even when I'm agitated or upset or anxious, I can I even that I can say what am i trying to express here that really is my truest self is that i want peace in this situation but i'm going about it in my own um efforts and so i use an example in my book of planning family vacation and we have a large family now and i would just be so agitated and anxious and angry at trying to prep for that because i wanted everybody to be at peace and happy and good mm. and but i was i was trying to do it on my own I was trying to express it on my own and then when I pause and went okay what's going on with me right now well I want everybody to have a good time Mm. that's a positive thing that's a I want everybody to get along Mm -hmm. and this to be a harmonious but but I can't make that happen Mm. I can just set the stage I need to be and then I had to come into I'm just going to be at peace with myself and with God and trust this will unfold as it should and that my presence would just be at rest i mean i was the last you know the least peaceful person in the room and that wasn't helping so Mm. it really is Mm. those small things it can be really subtle that you don't even Mm -hmm. if you're paying attention you go okay what's going on with me oh and but also right Recognizing I'm trying to express my truest best self in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and to even accept that, I think, is a you know, a freedom there's a freedom there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for my husband, he's identifies with type three as an, another example. So when he's got, he's has all these grant, you know, these visions for things that maybe an event that he's really invested in planning and he's, he can see it happening mm-hmm. in the future and he's working. And his team is slow getting on board. And so he really gets anxious and uptight and frustrated and irritable. And when I went down, I said, are you afraid that this is going to fail, that it won't meet your expectation? He said, yes, that's what it is. You know, and he didn't know that that underlying story, the kind of underlying mm-hmm. in, uh, engine was running that, yeah. oh, this could not live up to what I hyped it to be. Oh, it's going to be a statement on myself. And so Mm -hmm. then when he could just, okay, just, you know, but he's trying, you know, in his true self, really wanting to create an amazing event for everyone to, to, um, you know, participate in and Mm -hmm. have it be what it is, but he had to get in touch with, Oh, I'm afraid to fail here. So letting that go. Mm -hmm. So those are just, you know, two personal examples. Yeah. Uh, I know that helps.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think, uh, I'm just being a seven. I know for me, I run away from pain. That is my thing. Uh, that's, Mm -hmm. I just want to, I do not like discomfort. I don't like being bored because bored equals discomfort in my mind. I'm not good at small talk for that exact reason, but I've realized that for me, um, if I'm always running away from my pain, the pain, when I come back, it's still there. And so for me, I've learned that, uh, and just learning, you know, the Enneagram that sometimes swimming upstream is actually the best thing for me, where I Mm -hmm. slow down and I'm able to be present and I'm able to sit with my emotions. Because for me, I think myself, that hyperdrive brain, like I think myself out of feeling my emotions because I'm afraid they'll be painful. And so if I'm able to actually sit in it, what I've found is that for me, that's actually how I avoid that pain. I'm able to process through it. I'm able to sit in there. And I've also noticed that something for me that I pay attention to is external if i'm you know acting a certain way it it's you can look at how it's impacting the people around you and make an assessment am i living in my adapted self or my authentic self am i pushing into community and drawing out what's best in people or am i just getting people on my agenda so that i can accomplish what i want to accomplish and you know case in point my children i mean all you have to do is interview my 5 year old and my 2 year old and they'd probably be able to say that um so i think for me it's paying attention to um but paying attention to my emotions, sitting in that, being present, but then also paying attention to the people around me. How is how I'm carrying myself impacting them? Is it creating joy and positive experiences for them? Or is it kind of mm-hmm. just pulling them along, dragging them on the floor, which no one enjoys that?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: And I, I would add to that, um, Trevor, is Trevor, right? Yes. Um, that you're running away from pain is really wanting to... Ex- you want joy. Yeah. You want optimism. Mm-hmm. Is there's a motivate? You know, uh, there's a motivation that's negative, but the deeper motivation is that you want to experience and express joy. And yep. so pain doesn't seem to fit into that.
4: Mm-mm.
3: And um, so you you know run to something next, but realizing oh no, right here is enough. And there's even joy in yeah. the pain. Yeah. Which is such an oxymoron. <laughs> yes that so yes. it's yes. just recognizing that deep one level but then the deeper level of what you're really longing mm-hmm. for deep down and what's an expression of God's image through you that yeah. you're wanting to
4: express.
1: We just landed on the title of my memoir right there. <laughs> she just nailed it. Joy in the
4: pain. What is that? Yeah joy in oh. the pain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, there you uh, go.
2: For me when I find I'm living in that adaptive self, you know I'm also a three on the Enneagram and so the the achieve, perform, success and when I find that I'm really stuck in maybe the negative sides of those of fear of failure and am I enough and how many people are impressed with what I've done, I think it's helpful to try to pause and recognize for me how I'm looking to find in or through other people what I was ultimately designed to find in Christ and, mm-hmm. and in my faith in God mm-hmm. that that He made us to you know to want to feel. Uh, respected, to feel appreciated, to feel noticed. And yet if we're always seeking that in other people, other people sooner or later will always let us down. And so it's taking those legitimate needs Mm -hmm. to God and knowing that the creator of the universe notices, the creator of the universe is, um, is proud is watching what I do and kind of taking it to that concept of the audience of one that, that when I live as a three before the audience of one and find my approval in him, then it frees me, I think, to use the positive aspects of being an achiever for the good of others. Like, let's create great experiences. Let's do something together, and I'll mm-hmm. lead the way. But I don't, I don't need others to to give me that that input. And so, mm-hmm. to me, that would be maybe the thing I would look at is uh, how do we make that shift from adaptive self to authentic? Is just recognizing where am I trying to get from others? What I was designed to find mm-hmm. from God, and, and so how do I take it where back it? to Him and reconnect with with who He's made me to be?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Your inherent value is already established. You don't have to mm. try to create your own value. It's already established that God yep. created you and made you and sees you as valuable beyond, you know, any anyone else, you know, the same as anyone else, yeah, but yeah. That that's where your value is. Yeah, And it's already, it's already a done deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So the very beginning.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite parts about the Enneagram is that it can be used, um, I think, very well and strategically for spiritual formation. I mean, the idea of becoming more like Christ, living into who God has created us to be, which is an image bearer. So how do we incorporate the Enneagram in this process of, think, holistic health? I mean, we're talking spirituality, mm-hmm. emotional, sexual, all of that. How, how do we incorporate the Enneagram into our holistic health?
4: Hmm.
3: Yeah, thanks for asking. Well, I sent you, and so I, I sent you a Mm -hmm. a new picture that you have, and this is uh, developed in my new book called Beyond the Enneagram: An Invitation to Experience a More Centered Life of God is Mm. the subtitle, and I created. I, as in my work with the Enneagram, I started noticing there's really a limitation to what it can do. Obviously, we know that it's not the, it's not God, and it's not the the key answer to anything. It's a helpful tool. But I thought, you know, there's a bigger story going on in our spiritual formation. And so this image um, has all these concentric circles, and it's really the movement from the authentic self to the adapted self. Well, the outside circle And it's, you know, I have several different iterations of this Mm -hmm. image or this new diagram in my book, which explains it more than the one simple one I sent you, Yep, um, is that that outer, it were in the arrows. This is, you know, I'm kind of changing up the Enneagram a little bit or adding to it is, you know, the arrows around the Enneagram, they don't land anywhere. Mm. They go, they're helpful and they're good but I have arrows toward the middle. And in my first book, I developed that we there's no place on the Enneagram where the spirit is is, um, illustrated. Hmm. Um, We have the head, heart, and gut intelligences, but where's the spirit? If this is a spiritual tool, where's the spirit? We have a spirit as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. that is in connection with God. So I put it in the middle. And so this new image has God toward the middle and that we are being drawn Always by God to be toward the middle where there's pure love, pure hope, pure mm-hmm. joy, pure, all of those things that then we can express that in our life I'm not doing I hope I'm enticing you to yes. to look at my new my new image I call it the drawing mm. because it is a drawing but it's the drawing of God yes God is drawing us to mm. to to the center with him yeah. always even if we don't know that that's happening. And so the, the Enneagram Cyrus fits there in our journey toward the middle, Mm um, CS Lewis says come further in so many images are like, go to the center, go to the middle, you know, God is calling us to the middle. And so the Enneagram is a tool that fits into that journey, but it's not the be all end all, but it is, as we've already discovered and talked about a a great discovery tool. Mm -hmm. And so. It's part of the journey. It's not the full journey of spiritual formation. yeah it does it won't get us there., uh, it has its limitations. And I think there, you know, I created this drawing to illustrate the bigger picture of spiritual formation that I think mm. is really important and missing in the current in the kind of classic Enneagram model. So yeah. it's a movement toward the middle, yep, and um so that to me, is spiritual formation. Mm. And and the biggest thing is which way are we turned? Mm-hmm. Are we is our trajectory at least that we're keep you know turning our focus like Jesus says, come to me, come to me, come follow me, come the invitation. Are we turned toward that or are we turned away? When we're turned away, our adapted self gets full reign. Mm-hmm. And when we're turned towards God, we're on this pilgrimage of spiritual spiritual freedom, spiritual, you know, full union with God. So I hope, you know, that it's a little more, you know, I explain it a little bit more and obviously a lot more in my new book, but um, I think there was a need for a new picture, a a bigger picture of the spiritual journey than what the Enneagram itself provides. Mm -hmm.
2: So that's what I've created. So again, Marin, could you give some examples, like even as a nine through your own Enneagram number, how would, you approach that center you know coming back to the heart of god and your true self as a an enneagram nine like what would some examples of that be because i think that could help people really conceptualize what you're talking okay. about okay. here
3: okay so um yeah i can get really stuck in um the false belief that i I don't matter. Hmm. And that I, in order to matter, I need to keep the peace. I need to make everybody happy around me. And I can really, or, and you know, there's that piece of it. There's resignation like, Oh, well, you know, you know, I don't really matter. So I'm just going to go along (laughs) with everybody else. But inside I'm stubbornly resentful of Mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. And so I know that, I've and I have, nines have this disconnect between their outer and their inner because there's this stubbornness going on, but there's a smile going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. whatever. Inside. Like, no way, forget it. I'm free. I'm mad at you, you know? Um, and so I paying attention to that, I can look at where'd that come from,
4: Mm.
3: you know, okay. You know, and looking at my family of origin or looking at the patterns and things I started to believe that why that worked, why that was my strategy. And really in this journey toward, um, I don't know how it's just, it's it's so profound, but so simple is just turning to God and turning my attention toward God and just inviting the thing is that, yeah, this is what I would say, you know, um, is welcoming that part of me and welcoming God into it. Mm, so often mm-hmm. in the Christian world that we, you know, that I was raised in, is we give it to God. We give it all to God. We just give it to God. For God to deal with. But really, it I don't know about you, but that doesn't actually ever work very often because it comes roaring right back. You know, <laughs> yeah, there it is again. Right. And oh, yeah. oh, and God, God, you take yeah. care of this. Rather than welcoming God into it. Mm-hmm. So when I'm feeling resigned or angry that I don't matter, instead of, uh, you know, passing it off, because I don't like that I don't like that feeling. Mm-hmm. God, I just welcome you right into this resentment or resignate. and Lord be with God. Jesus says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So God is with us in that. Mm-hmm. And there's something that just dispels it. When God enters into it with us, that he's there with us. There's just, I see this all the time in my work and spiritual direction when I meet with people. We pause and say, "Okay, what's the feeling you're having? Where do you feel it? And what's it like for you to welcome God into that place?"
4: Hmm. That's good.
3: And it's like it just—it just transforms it into something. Then, and then there's space for God to speak and to heal and to, um, <clears throat> you know, be present to it and sh- and shift it. There's just a transformation that happens. Yeah. You know, it's a mystery how yeah. it all works. Um, I would say the welcoming is a really big piece, welcoming ourselves, welcoming it, uh, also welcoming what our experience is rather than pushing it away or feeling shame, as you said earlier, or, you know, being anxious yeah. or yeah. putting ourselves down, say, okay, here it is, there's that lust, I welcome it, you know, what's it like to welcome lust, you know, we don't, ugh, you know, or welcome any those feelings and welcome them mm-hmm. so that they're there for and welcoming God right into it. Yeah. so I think that's a big step so- yeah,
2: I think that's really good. It makes me think of something you've talked about on the podcast, Trevor, that a lot of Christian preaching can break down to God is good, you're not. go try harder. Mm-hmm. go be better. And I yeah. think right. what you okay, just yeah. described, Marilyn, in that process that many of us go through when we realize okay i'm I'm buying into a false belief i'm I'm living out my adaptive self and Maybe in health and recovery, we're starting to have an awareness of where it came from. But then that can be kind of a guilting moment. Like, okay, I need to stop doing that. Here, you, God, you take it. And I'm going to go try harder not to do that anymore. Right. And then as you pointed mm-hmm. out, like we usually just come right back to it and we're in it again. <laughs> and it, it doesn't change right. versus going through that process of recognizing the false beliefs, becoming aware of maybe where it came from or what's driving it. But then rather than shaming or guilting ourselves, just welcoming God into that mm-hmm. with us and asking for him to lead us through it and explore what do we need to do with it feels like a much more transformative process than just you know, trying to give it to God and hope it goes away. Yeah, it's, right. it's having him meet us in the midst of the very things we're experiencing and letting mm-hmm. him teach us, letting him train us for what needs to change, what steps to take next. And I, I really like that approach. That, mm-hmm. that sounds good to me. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it's very um yeah, I I you know, God is God is amazing what he but he can transform the water into wine, you know, you can transform we just see yeah. the example of Jesus all through the scriptures how he transformed, transform, transform, transform yeah. and people came to him desperate mm-hmm. and read you know, eager to let him transform yeah. and so um, that's yeah. part of the journey is just a welcoming, the presence of Jesus, the power of God, the love of God yeah. right into the middle of our yak. Yeah. It,
1: it's funny too. I the, was thinking about that passage, like continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. The passage does not say, and then let God work out your salvation. He's got it. There is an active participation that we have mm-hmm. in that. And I think we need to remember that we walk in step with the Holy Spirit as we're developing as followers of Jesus. He's not just doing the work and we're on autopilot. Like God doesn't have full control of the joystick. You could argue me theologically, but the <laughs> mm-hmm. way we experience it, I don't feel like God has the joystick and is moving my life around. Like I am active in that as well. And so I think we need to, I mean, that's just the, the picture that came to me just from Paul's words that we have an active role mm-hmm. in that as well, as mm-hmm. we look inward and invite God into those spaces and work together to then develop. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So Marilyn, you've coached so many people in this area. And how would you say, how have you seen having an awareness of our Enneagram number could help us in healing and recovery? When you've coached people in this, what what has helped them connect their Enneagram number to a process of healing and recovery in their life?
3: I think it really is that catching yourself in the Act. And as you said earlier about you, you know, you realize you just step your toe against something mm-hmm. and stopping and yeah. welcoming, pausing um, and letting God transform it. I mean, it's such a mystery to me. It, it's not formulaic, as we know. Yeah. And each person's story is unique to them. And there isn't kind of a one way, one size fits all in this journey of life and this pilgrimage toward the center with God. Mm-hmm. And just it's waking up the awareness and and it's just goes so much to me. The question, the Enneagram is helpful, but it's God who does the work. It's yeah. the Holy Spirit that yeah. does the work. And the the Enneagram gives us the link. Language, mm-hmm. but it certainly isn't the spirit yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. yeah and so i i really um you know quite frankly the reason i wrote the new book beyond the enneagram is i saw all these limitations and that is we can get stuck on thinking the enneagram, knowing our enneagram type is going to free us mm-hmm. and it doesn't um it helps us yeah but there's more to more to our story than just what Abs- our Enneagram types absolutely.
1: Is. Yeah. And I feel like if anything, the understanding our Enneagram type gives us a path to walk, but we still have to walk it. Like for me, knowing that in right. stress, I go to a one. So for me, I can see when I'm starting to chirp at people and get really task oriented and pulling back from relationship. I know for me, I'm not in a healthy spot. I'm in a spot where I'm stressful. And, and the thing too, is the Enneagram has helped me, you know, one of my, my like core and Marilyn, if I'm wrong, you can email me about it later. But like I think one of the core things for me beliefs as a child growing up is that no one cares about my needs. And a seven is it's the deadly sin is gluttony. So for me, I'm all about me and getting mine as much as I can because there's this deep-seated belief that you don't actually care about me or my needs. And so the irony is is as a as a parent, my five-year-old does something that's disrespectful to me. I interpret that as you don't care about me and my needs, and so I react. I Mm. become, go to your room, Mm. get a spanking, you lose this privilege. And for me, that is evidence that I'm actually leaning more into stress, and that's the area of unhealth, the shadow side. I know some people use that language, but for me, if I'm able to be present and disconnect that and sit with that emotion, which is moving toward a five, which is what sevens do when they're in security then I can handle that situation. I can be present in that moment and I don't have to try to escape all those feelings and all those emotions. And so for me, that's how the Enneagram has helped me is understand there's a huge trigger around uh, respect, disrespect, someone caring for my needs or not caring for my needs, my own interpretation. In so many ways, if you were to go back and look at my pornography addiction, it was all moments of rejection or lack of respect sure. over and over. I internalized This person doesn't care about me, doesn't care about my needs, doesn't care about my story. And so I'll just go somewhere that will never disrespect me and will never reject me. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's just a practical way. It's helped me as a seven. I know that's not the same for everybody, but it's helped me understand the motivating factors and the fear or the core wound maybe that I've experienced as a kid that I'm really running away from.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I,
3: the illustration, one of the illustration I use is my husband and I went on a raft trip down the Copper River in Alaska, and it was really dangerous. And we had two guides, you know, where there were two rafts, two boats, two of us, you know, two couples, I should say, and two guides. And we had these bobbing rafts down the Copper River, and it was really high season for water. And and our guides were paying attention to the water all the time. Mm. And they were noticing if there were eddies or vortexes that were the, where the water, you know, there's a massive amount of water. It's all going toward the mouth of the river, but there were these swirls Because and you've all seen those, those mm-hmm. eddies or vortexes yeah. that happen. And some, you know, were big enough to, to pull the boat out of the flow. And I use that illustration because when the guides knew if there's this swirl of water, there's something below there that causing this there's a obstacle there's a rock there's a formation there's something that creating this vortex and to avoid that or you to at least pay attention to it i mean the illustration kind of breaks down because we don't want to avoid it but if but it's paying attention to when are we caught in a vortex like you said when am i caught in a vortex of angry at my child for acting out or just being disrespectful or for Mm me i'm caught in a vortex of I was dismissed. I mean, for the nine to be dismissed, I could, you know, if I felt like someone just dismissed my thoughts, mm-hmm. then I get caught in a vortex and, rah, 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 you know, that's the mental vortex, an emotional vortex, a whatever, body vortex, and just go, whoa, what is underneath that? What just mm-hmm. got me out of the flow of the Holy Spirit, the freedom, the yeah. love, the joy? What's that vortex? Mm-hmm. And it's paying attention. To what's below the surface because there's some trigger, as yeah. you use that word, some trigger that's caught, gets getting me caught yeah. in that swirl. Yeah. That's not good, thing, you know, not mm-hmm. a helpful thing, not a, and not where I want to be, and we're yeah. not where God wants me to
2: be. So. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking about it's it's knowing what does it feel like when I'm living in the adaptive self or when I'm wearing that mask and and becoming more and more aware of this is just what it feels like and then conversely what does it feel like when i'm living out my authentic self when i'm when i'm firmly um alive and okay and who god made me to be and the more distinct those two feel i think we more quickly Mm -hmm. recognize oh, I'm, i'm getting back into that that old pattern and and i think healing you know to bring up one of our tools for our listeners that may be familiar with that three circles tool your Enneagram number, I think, can be such a crucial part of that outer third circle of mm. what does health and recovery look like yeah. for me? Because what one person pursues mm. for recovery may be vastly different than what another needs. And so yeah. for me, as I you know, embrace what God has wired me for, I could see that when I have opportunities to speak, to preach, to deliver a message, that to me is actually an outer circle activity because I feel like I'm using my gift I feel alive. I feel connected. Yeah. It helps me you know, focus on a message and really process. And, and then having delivered it often creates that feeling of I, I did something of value. Yeah. Where for another person, like preaching a sermon would be a huge <laughs> trigger and all these fears and tons of like that would not be there. And so yeah. everyone said, well, man, well, something you need to do is try to preach at least once a month. They'd be like, you know, shoot me now. <laughs> but for me to be like, yes, I, I need to do that. Yeah. I think for all yeah. of us. Just seeing what, what are those healthy behaviors that increase that sense mm-hmm. um, of connectedness to God, self, and others. Yeah. You know, so for the individualist, sitting quietly alone might be amazing. And then for other people, like, no, that, I would be so stir crazy. Yeah. So having that freedom to know this, this is a place I can go when I'm, when I'm seeing those swirling eddies in my life, mm-hmm. I'm realizing I'm triggered back into some of those old patterns. Yeah. Where do I go to? And if we're able to connect it to our Enneagram, then I think we have some peace about, well, it doesn't have to look the same for everybody. Your yeah. recovery, my recovery, what you do for health, what I do for health may look very, very different. Yep. But if it connects to how I feel God wired me, mm-hmm. I think we're going to have a lot of success then yeah. in replacing those negative behaviors with things that are more yep. fulfilling and living out that true, authentic self. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. And wouldn't it be amazing if everyone was living in their true, authentic self as God created them to be? Um, you know, this world would be yeah. a whole different place. My but... life would
1: be so much easier
2: <laughs> well uh, <laughs> I, I think that's you know honestly in some ways I think that's a reflection of what heaven is. What we're moving yeah. towards is good. is a exactly. society where every single person has no mask to wear, mm-hmm. no you know I, no like, show to, they're just living out of who God authentically made them to yeah. be and in connection with God's self and others like yeah, that will be amazing. and I think that's what we're moving towards and so we're in the process of becoming like. Mm-hmm what i believe in eternity we will all be and that that to me yeah. is very encouraging totally
3: it is encouraging yeah it's exciting to think about isn't it
2: so marilyn
1: yeah, as that, some some christians feel... are skeptical about the enneagram and i mean like we've even you know had some people who expressed some concern when we've had this conversation on the podcast already a couple of times how would you answer those concerns that people have and help christians to see the value mm-hmm. of this tool? Because you've mentioned already, this is not the perfect tool. This is not the only tool. This is not, not God. It's, it's not, not the God, spirit. <laughs> not the Spirit. But it is a tool we can use. Um, how would you answer that from a biblical worldview, those concerns people have? Yeah.
3: Thanks. Um, yeah, that question does come up. Um, you know, The roots are kind of of the Enneagram or sketchy, or they're not even really well known. It's not a is direct path on who created this, mm-hmm. and not like the Myers-Briggs where whoever Myers and Briggs sat down and created this tool. And we know where it evolved, where it started mm-hmm. and who developed it. And we can figure that out and some of the basis for that kind of a tool. But the Enneagram is a little bit, you know, I'm wondering where did this come from? And so I think that does create some caution. And it doesn't help that it looks like a pentagram (laughs) and it looks very new agey. And so that is a caution too. Yeah. Actually, you mentioned Jeff and Beth McCord. They wrote a great article that you could include in your show Mm -hmm. notes if you want on the Enneagram and the Christian perspective. They really did a very thorough, very good job with um, that. And so I would, you know, suggest looking at that more thoroughly. You know, it's a tool it's I and I personally don't care about the roots of it, and so it's hard for me to get into that question. Mm. you know, I just yep. to be honest, you yep. know it's really it there's there's it's helpful. It's something good, but you can't put too much weight on it yep. in terms of this this is the be all end all answer to the to yeah. The biblical, the Jesus centered life. Hmm. It's just, it's a tool and it's a really powerful one and helpful. But even, you know, just and kind of narrowing our perspective down to, oh, well, you know, only nines do this or, you know, this is what I do when I'm healthy. And this, to, you know, to, I call it a bounded set approach in my new book rather than a centered set approach. It can become a bounded set. and so I think there is reason to have caution, yeah. Yeah. but I think it, you know, I, the whole title of my book, I mean, the title of my first book, self to lose self-define was based on that reality that Jesus said, and this was such an aha moment for me. Jesus said, you know, if you save your life, you'll lose it. If you lose your, your life for my sake, you'll find it. And I went, there's a self defined I was so taught that it's all about losing the self, losing, losing, losing the self. And when I woke up one morning and said, that's the book I'm supposed to write. I thought, well, the Enneagram could be a helpful tool mm. on defining the yep. self to lose and the, and the self to find find. It, and it's a helpful instrument mm-hmm. in the hands of God to teach us and lead us. And I just, you know, like I said, I just am not one of those that worries about yeah you know where the christmas tree developed from so i should
4: have one that's good that's good i i just
3: i just don't put a lot of emphasis on that yeah you're
4: spot
2: on it's it's a tool and how the tool is used i think really determines the value because a tool can be used for evil and a tool can be used for good i i was thinking about as as you were talking something as simple as the candle i i've heard i've seen a lot of movies that candles can be used in a lot of evil yep. ceremonies, seances, practices. Yep. And so we could look like, oh man, a Christian should never burn a candle. Like, well, yet at the same time, the candle has been a beautiful representation of light in our yeah. world and lighting the advent wreath and, and lighting candles as a part of our coming into prayer and right. God's presence. So yeah. it, it's the same medium, but how are you, what are you using it for? What's the purpose of it? And I think yep. we, you could use the Enneagram to kind of remove God from the picture and create kind of a, a very humanistic, I think, worldview. And some people have done that. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why there are Christians that feel like, oh, we better be careful with it. But at the same time, what I see is we we know God created humans with personalities. Mm-hmm. God made us with distinctions and differences. And so... The Enneagram is one of those tools yep. that tries to help us and not perfectly. And I, I think that's where people have pushback too, is like, well, don't put me in a box. Don't put me in a category. It's like, yeah, you're not, you're not like perfectly any of them. But yeah. if, if you can kind of understand yourself through this lens, yeah, and it it brings greater self awareness of what are my traps, what are the things I'm tempted to buy mm-hmm. into about my value, worth, and identity. Yeah. And what does it look like to just relax and be who God made me to yes. be? If, if your enneagram number and understanding can heighten that well then it's a tool being used for really good yeah. purposes and and if it doesn't have overtly evil things about it like God uses that yeah. you know a hammer can build a house and a hammer could has been used in violence so totally it's it's the the hands that it's in and the purpose for it and I think you explained that uh, really well Marilyn yeah. so we're not we're not going to make everybody happy no. um no. but I, I think that's the heart of this podcast just how do we help
3: and there's a caution about idolizing it too much, totally. like depending yeah. on it as the defining tool of understanding yeah. yourself is, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, it can be used in even, you know, for good in the wrong way, Totally, I, you know, then that way by making idolizing it, making it too, too yeah. much the answer, like everything I do is about my Enneagram type. Well, not right. really. Right. It, it has an influence, but yeah. it doesn't describe everything about me
1: yeah my my so. therapist says that therapy is is someone helping you put language to your experience and i think that the enneagram mm-hmm. can be used the same way it's just putting language That's to cool. what we experience internally externally and can just use mm-hmm. it as that tool and not everyone gets therapy mm-hmm. and not everyone has to use the enneagram but it is a tool that can help put language there
2: although i think everyone could val- value from therapy 100 so. <laughs> percent,
1: and candles right. if you don't like candles who are you get out of here send right. them all to me Absolutely.
4: i will take them all <laughs>
2: <Absolutely>. <laughs> so Marilyn, in, in your work, you do have a, a pathway to freedom that you have called own up. Can you walk us through that, the path that you lay out? What does that look like to to own up as a, a way towards freedom?
4: Yeah.
3: And yeah, thank you. Um, I developed this just, and you know, part of what um, people are cautious about, I think I meant to say too, in the Christian world, or at least in the evangelical world that I've been a part of is that we aren't taught that it's okay to be self-reflective. We mm, kind of, that was yeah. like, like mm, no,
4: yeah.
3: you, you know, yeah. that's too self-oriented. And so we didn't have a lot of, we haven't had, I wasn't taught a lot of skills with that. And mm. so I developed this tool just to you kind know, h- of guide the process. And it's called own up and it really helps us own up to our best self and own up to when we're in our adopted self. And so it's the acronym for observe, which we've talked about earlier, you know, Mm -hmm. talked about already, just the importance of observing like, wow, I'm angry or I slammed the door or I'm I'm really uptight or I'm envious or whatever, just just pause and be observant, like, and just from a neutral, non-judgmental, not shaming, just like I'm angry or I'm lustful, or I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. And observing that, and then welcome is the W, own yep. up. And we talked about welcome already. Mm-hmm. The, and that to me, is, that shifts it all, if we welcome. And then to name, and this is where the Enneagram gets so helpful, it's just name, what's going on here. Mm. Name, and I have a lot of, you know, in the, um, and people can download this on my website too, just the the form. And some questions like, and that's, you know, what giving more definition or more words to what's going on and naming it. What am I afraid of? What am I avoiding? Mm-hmm. What, how is my any, how am I trying to express my any, my best self in the wrong way? Those kind of questions. And then the you is to untangle and really paying attention. It's like a, a ball of yarn that's all tangled up and in a knot. And you have to find the one thing that's, you know, if you get that one loop, then you loosen that up and everything else kind of falls mm-hmm. away. And so, it really, is it kind of what is the gist of this in this situation? Yeah. I felt dismissed, you know, for me. Okay. The key is when someone said that thing, I felt dismissed. And that makes me feel like I don't matter. So, that's the loop. So then I can release that and say, I do matter. That's a lie. And I can let it go with God, part of that. And then when you let go of it, the P is possess what comes because hmm. something new will come hmm. into that void. So I've let go of this lie that I don't matter, that I was triggered to believe. And what does God? You know, if something new comes in. It could be peace. It's a new idea. It's a, an awareness. Mm-hmm. I do matter. Yep. And God, thank you that you love me so much, and I do matter. And actually, I think I'm going to talk to that person. I may have some some resolve yeah. to that tricky situation that I found me. Like, whatever, but to possess what God gives you in that moment mm-hmm. and to it's yours yep. and and it's a gift from God, but that comes into that void that mm. when you've let something go, then there's space for that yep. So it's in that spacious place. So that's own up. That's good. Observe, welcome, name, untangle, and possess.
1: Yeah, that's good. Acronyms are so easy to remember too. So it's going to be, yeah. So definitely write that if, unless you're driving. Don't write it down. Pull over, <laughs> write it down on your phone, voice memo, something.
2: Um, well, it sounds like a great tool to download absolutely. as well, just to walk through that. Yeah. When you're in the midst of knowing I'm triggered by mm-hmm. something, I'm stuck in something uh, really healthy yeah that's a really really good
3: and it's good in the it's good in the moment but it's also good for reflection like Mm -hmm. whoa that was that why did i get in a fight with that person or what was you know and to reflect back like oh that's what was going on yeah you know yeah so it's a good reflection tool for later you know after something's happened and you're kind of wondering what what what? Ooh, i don't feel good about that i something happened there let's unpack it. Mm-hmm. And totally. you totally. Know, God, you and I, we need to unpack this and see what was really going on below the surface. What Absolutely. was that vortex about?
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, Marilyn, we've yeah. mentioned it already a number of times, your new book, Beyond the Enneagram, an invitation to experience a more centered life with God. Why don't you just tell us about it? Where can our listeners find it, pre-order it? Why should they buy it? Just Take, you know, take the shot here.
3: Yeah, no, I'm really excited about it Um, coming out. It will be released in October of 2022 this year. So, but it is on, you know, you could pre-order it on any um, place, I think, especially, you know, I know it's on Amazon. Got it. So it developed out of me seeing the limitations of the Enneagram. And also in my first book, I mentioned the spiritual center that I, nobody else has really placed anything in the middle, that middle space mm. of the Enneagram. So I thought, well, it feels like the spirit belongs there. And then the more I've, you know, talked, thought about a centered life with God. And so I just really developed that and explained this new drawing. But I also, the second half of the book is um, so, so much of this, well, the spiritual life is movement towards Mm
4: -hmm.
3: being drawn to God. It's a movement. It's not a, okay, I'm I'm here. Now I'm here. It's like our pilgrimage is our life journey. And so I break down some of the movements we can experience, like Mm -hmm. moving from what I am to who I am, Mm -hmm. moving from reactive to responsive, moving from bondage to freedom. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are all scriptural content and from, shakeable to unshakable from a uh, burden to rested the glory to glory is the last one which yeah. is my
4: favorite yeah
3: and this is where god is moving us from something to something yeah and so i just spell out and i fill it in with lots of stories of people i meet with my own life it really is i use the metaphor it's like a pot of soup um this book is and it's really bringing in all the ingredients that have been meaningful to me Mm. and stories that of other people and just putting it in a pot and it simmers and hopefully it's a nourishing meal for the soul.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we will have absolutely the link in the show notes for you to pre-order that we do suggest it. And, you know, as I'm just thinking of, you know, listeners, you've made it through this episode, just understanding what we've already said, that the Enneagram is a tool. If it's one that doesn't resonate with you, or you don't feel like you have a deep connection to it, find other tools on your recovery and healing journey. But we know here personally, just even Nick and I, and obviously Marilyn, it has been a helpful tool for us as we've developed holistically, not just with our sexuality, um, but also understanding where we're at spiritually, emotionally, physically, all of that. So we do recommend you check out her books, Beyond the Enneagram and Self to Lose Self to Find." We'll make sure both of those links are in the show notes. Marilyn, thank you for what you do. Thanks for, uh, we love the integration, using tools to help apply... Um, what god has done for us and the love he has for us and so we just appreciate you your work and your time with us today
3: well it's it's an honor to be here and thank you for what you're doing as well
1: thank you and wherever you're at on your journey pure desire is here to help create a roadmap for your healing if you or someone you know is impacted by sexual brokenness or betrayal trauma go to puredesire.org and let's start the healing journey today don't forget to subscribe to the podcast each week we put out new content to help you on the road to healing and freedom and lastly never stop being healthy